1: Being a teacher means a lot of things, and it means playing a lot of roles. While the kids that grace our classrooms aren't biologically ours, we do love them. And they'll always be referred to as our kids. Every day we watch them interact with their friends, and we watch them learn and grow. We rejoice in their successes, and we hurt alongside them. When they come to us with tears in their eyes over test scores, mean things friends said, or broken hearts, we try our best to heal the wounds. encourage them to look for brighter days. If a teacher feels all of that, what must a parent feel? I'm not a mother, so I can't imagine how a parent's heart must hurt when their child comes home with hurt feelings or broken hearts. But I guess that's part of parenthood. And even though the sadness isn't fun, I'm sure no parent wants to miss that part of their child's life. But for some parents, Those days slip right through their fingers. They watch from the sidelines as other parents mend the broken hearts, buy the homecoming dresses, and help with the science projects. There's nothing about saying goodbye to a loved one that's easy, and it's especially hard when the dead still have so much to give the world. At 13, life is just beginning. I see it every single day at work. The eager minds, the kind smiles, the silly jokes. I picture the faces of my students as I write this introduction and I think about all they have to give this world. In my class, sits musicians and scholars and hard workers. I can't imagine one of them not being in my room, as I'm sure not a single one of their parents can picture them not being safe at home. Our victim today was a lively 13-year-old cheerleader and band member. I can close my eyes and see her sitting at a desk in my classroom, ready to learn and ready to change the world. Her father was left heartbroken. Her mother was left wandering and her mother's boyfriend was left as a suspect. Despite having found her body in 2013, her family is still searching for answers. This is the story of Haley Dunn. With each case, we encourage you to continue in the conversation on our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, because, as we all know, conversation helps to keep the missing person in the public consciousness, helping keep their memories alive. So sit back, sip your coffee, and listen to what's brewing this week. As promised, sleuthhounds, here is your bonus episode. So don't forget, we really will be posting. On Thursdays, but today, or this right. week, you get a extra Thursday one. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. That's right. But we will be back next Thursday. Right. And so I debated on this topic for a few days. Um, I found myself writing and researching one episode, or one topic, and then I switched to this one. Um, and I found myself writing it the day before we recorded, which I would like to say doesn't happen, but a lot, but really... I mean, we have busy yes, lives. So
0: yes. We enjoy doing this, but sometimes we have to put...
1: Yeah, sometimes it things. takes a little longer. <laughs> but I felt that Haley's story needed to be heard. And I'm hoping that with enough support, um, we will begin to turn her story in her family's favor. Yeah. So Haley, as I mentioned, was thirteen years old. She was both a cheerleader at her middle school and she played in the school band, which I feel like normally don't go hand in hand. I know, so that's great. Yeah. Like multi
0: talented.
1: Well rounded. Yeah. She had an infectious smile, and that was what she was known for, and I'm actually going to show Allison a picture of her just because I think she's just so cute, and you really can um, tell just from, like, her little smile, like, I feel like she would just have, like, look how cute.
0: Oh, yeah. She's, it's, like, very innocent and welcoming, and she's, like the kind of girl that seems like would be friends with everybody
1: yeah and she like has like a girl next door Mm -hmm. type of face um but you know in those confusing i know we've all been there and wish washy days following christmas where you Mm -hmm. don't really know like what day it is how many calories you've consumed like just like all of 20 yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) everything (laughs) since covid yeah
1: so in those like wish washy days following christmas Haley disappears from her colorado city texas home and she is officially reported missing on December 28th.
0: Oh, so as we are recording this, basically two years ago. Yeah. Two years ago. Two, two days, days ago. before yeah.
1: today. So, according to the article, on the eighth anniversary of Haley Dunn's disappearance, mystery, mysteries linger. Searches immediately began for Haley when she was reported missing, with law enforcement and the community rallying underneath the common cause. And I feel like. We see that a lot with children, and we talked about that in another episode Mm -hmm. how the community really gets behind searches for kids and sometimes not always the same for adults. Right. Um, Her case would eventually attract both local and national media attention. Okay, well that's good. So it is good. She did get a lot of attention. Um, It hit on a personal level for people in her community. They actually held a candlelight vigil for her in January when they still hadn't found her body of 2011 and almost 800 people were there. Wow! So her community was really behind her and really wanted to see her be you know returned to her family i think that means a lot to the families yeah to see that support yeah um police actually had a command center set up in town and they held daily briefings um, where they would update the community on haley's case um officials including the texas rangers searched not just in town but in the county as well and they initially believed and like there wasn't a lot that i found Because most of what I found was, like, timelines and things we know now. But they initially believed that Haley was a runaway or just missing. Makes me sad that that is the first. That's where we go automatically. Hmm. So then they possibly think that she's been kidnapped. Um, Dunn's, or Haley's, according to this article's disappearance, wasn't dubbed as a missing person until January 3rd, 2011. So, that's when she gets attention from, like, Nancy Grace, um, who would often on her TV show in the early stages highlight the investigations that were taking place for Haley. Right. So, from all outward appearances, and we've talked about this, I feel like every episode. Right. Haley's family and her home life appear to be a good one. Her mother, Billy, and her mother's boyfriend, Sean, um, kept up appearances that things were well at home, and Haley's dad actually just lived, like, one thing I read said across the street, but he said, um, like, down a block from oh, where Haley still lived. still close. So she could walk to her dad's Well, that's house. good. Yeah. So even though it's a divided family, she can easily... Yeah. And they, all three of those, all three of those people had contact with her every day. Oh. So... Again, positive. So, she talks to her dad and her mom and mom's boyfriend every day. On December 26, 2010, so we're the day after Christmas. Okay. Haley's brother, David, left the residence to spend the night with a friend of his. David recalls seeing Haley playing a video game in the living room as he left. David says when he left the residence, Haley was playing the game in the living room of their family home.
0: Okay. So, we know this for sure. Her brother sees
1: her Playing a video game. Yes. And according to the website Global Justice Seekers, we know that based on the progress made on the game and Haley's skill level of the game...
0: That's fascinating. I know.
1: I thought so too. That they could take those details to try to figure out... How long she played. Yeah. That's so cool. Because they estimate that she played the game until midnight. So we know that she's at least accounted for until around midnight on the 26th. Technology. I know. Who would have thought? So, there you go. Video and games aren't all bad because... Yeah, you can track can, your kids. <laughs> right. There we go. So, to backtrack just a little, um, I want to talk briefly about Billy and Sean. Because I mentioned earlier that from the outside, their relationship seemed just fine. And this it, is
0: the mom and the stepdad. Or well, their mom's boyfriend. boyfriend.
1: Yes. yes. Mom and boyfriend. Okay. But it was actually anything but mm. fine. So, Crime Watch... Daily affiliate CBS 7 News anchor Tatum Gwynn has actually covered this story from the very beginning and in the article called Cold Case, Suspect Name But Texas Girls Murder Remains Unsolved, she said, quote, she, meaning Haley, loved her family. So, home life seemed to be very simple, but the further we started learning about her family, things looked to be different behind closed doors. We got word about a lot of alcohol, a lot of partying from her mother, and so you got the sense that maybe home life was a little harder than what they let on, end quote. Mm. And Billy, the mom, and Sean, the boyfriend, were actually on police radar long before Haley's disappearance. That makes me sad. Yeah, it always makes me sad in cases with, you know, with... Kids' cases I think are always sad, but then when they've suffered before the disappearance, it like I just want every child to have a good life.
0: And this is gonna sound judgy and I apologize for it sounding judgy, but I feel like it shouldn't be parents who are partying and acting like teenagers. Oh you know what yeah. I mean? Like they I feel like once you have a child, you you could okay, if you wanna drink, you can drink responsibly. But you shouldn't be out, you know, at all hours and like yeah. drinking in excess and your things child like that. Is your when you, priority. Exactly.
1: But in this case, it doesn't really appear that Haley was, and I'm going to give you another example of why when we get a little further into the story. Um, but about 10 months before Haley went missing, there was a police call about domestic violence in their home. And, in fact, this happened more than one time. The couple's relationship was combative um, with both calling 911 on each other several times. That's not good. Um, But Billy, and I don't know if, like, Sean moved maybe in and out of their house, you know, as the domestic violence things would occur, you know, Mm -hmm. or if they always lived in separate homes. But Billy says that she soon patched things up and Sean moved into the house. And she said, again, in that same article by Tatum Gwynn, were with Tatum Gwynn, um, quote, he made me believe that he's not that person. Those things won't happen again. I believed and wanted to believe that he was a good guy, the one I usually saw, so I kind of brushed it off, end quote. Again, happens quite often yes. and in cases of abuse. Yes, which if you listen to yesterday's episode, mm-hmm. we talked about
0: that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, like you want to believe that the good times is, the, like that's the true person, that it's not... Right. The bad things that they do. But, unfortunately, we're all mixed mixtures of good and bad. and Like, you can't separate. Like, you can't
1: say... Like, I only want to be with the good part. Right. you have to be able to do both. Right. So, I bring this up because I'm not sure... And we talked about this, too, with yesterday's case. How much... Or how credible Sean is. Mm. So... When Haley's mother reported her missing on the 28th, Sean was the last person to see Haley alive. And here's what he reported.
0: So we know the brother saw her, but Sean supposedly saw her after the brother left.
1: Sean supposedly saw her on um, the 27th. Okay. And he tells authorities that Haley told him that she was walking to her father's house and then planned to spend the night with a friend. So the sleepover... You know, explains the delay in the mom not reporting her missing till the 28th. Okay. Because she believed Sean. The father says Haley never came to his house, nor did she go to any friend's house. So, is Sean telling the truth? According to several articles, Sean exhibited some odd behavior that day and in the time following that brings his honesty into question. And they
0: always say with any of these cases, like think back to the time when the crime would have occurred. Like, did you notice anybody behaving out of the ordinary? So, I feel like, you know, anxiety, Mm -hmm. guilt, like, those sorts of things do make you behave differently. Mm -hmm. So,
1: that does make me concerned And that people noticed it. Haley's brother, and I'll get to it in a little bit, kind of talks about one of the biggest things that stood out to him with Sean in those days following the quote-unquote sleepover she was Mm -hmm. supposed to have so on december 27th so this is the last day that sean supposedly they talked to Haley. okay sean leaves for his job in snyder texas at 6 a.m so reports say that he walked into the break room bought a dr pepper from the vending machine looked a supervisor in the face didn't say anything else and turned around and left like left work like quit Oh. Sean Okay, would well tell, that's odd behavior. That was yes. that would qualify. And sh- but Sean would tell his family that he was fired. Which they would later well, learn. Well maybe he would have been had he because of what he did. Yeah. But they later learn is a lie because his boss is interviewed and said that he wasn't fired, that he left. He just didn't say anything, just left. So again there's still lies. So like we talked about yesterday, yep. it's not really a big lie. Right, but it's a lie nonetheless. Yeah, in a case with a a girl that's missing. Hmm. Billy left for work, also in Snyder, Texas, at 6.20 that morning. And she said when she left at that time, Haley wasn't home. Okay. So the following section, and, like, I thought this was kind of, like, confusing, but maybe that's just me, because I'm me... (laughs) <laughs> the following section, um, I'm going to recite word for word from uh, Global Justice Seekers because I think it contains a lot of good information about Sean in those days that followed. Okay. So remember, Sean, Haley is safe at home on December 27th. Right. When they leave that for morning work. When they leave for work. Okay. Sean goes into work, quits, and then leaves. Okay. So. Sh- Atkins, meaning Sean, says when he quit, he drove to his mother's house in Big Springs, Texas. But, according to cell phone pings, he was in Colorado City, so the same area where Haley was reported missing. So, he says that he's at his mom's house, like, all day. But we have cell phone pings that say he was... Somewhere else. Somewhere else. There are actually 11 phone calls that are captured between... About nine forty in the morning to two forty in the afternoon. Okay. Well, first of all, this is not very smart of
0: him to say he's somewhere where he's not if he's making phone calls and his cell phone is pinging.
1: Right. Exactly. And when you get we get a little further down in here, you're going to be like, if he committed this murder or this like you know kidnapping, he should have known these little things like right. don't use your cell phone. They're going to find you. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. They're smarter than you. Okay, so 11 phone calls. Yes, and from about 6.30 in the morning, so like, you know, right after he quit, until almost 7 o'clock, Atkins, per his cell phone records, was in the Colorado City area. So where he said his... So where he said that he was not. Oh, okay. And this is where they live. So they live in Colorado City. And so Haley's mom would have left the house at 6.20. Oh, so this would have been like... So,
0: it's almost like... Now, obviously, I'm jumping the gun here. Right. But it's almost like he left for work at 6. He knew, obviously, that his girlfriend would be leaving for work at 6.20. Mm -hmm. And right in time where he can get back to the house and Haley be alone, he looks at his boss, it's almost like makes a mental split decision, leaves, and his cell phone pings where they are living. Yes. Okay. Okay.
1: And he, like, for twenty minutes. He, yes. Okay. And his cell phone doesn't ping again until about nine forty. When then he goes to Big Spring, Texas, where he originally told oh. them he went directly
0: after. But obviously, if he had made phone calls near his work, it would have pinged in Snyder, Texas, not in Colorado City, where their home is. Yes,
1: and so that. From those records, okay, Sean says he went Colorado City, where they lived, Mm -hmm. to Mm Snyder, where he worked, to Big Springs, where where his mom mom lived. Okay. Cell phone records indicate that he went to Colorado, he was in Colorado City Mm -hmm. at home, went to work in Snyder, went back to Colorado City, and then Mm. went to Big Spring, Texas. And 20 minutes is long enough Do something right, and then where were you in those hours in between? Right,
0: yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, would you say the last ping in Colorado City was like near seven? Yeah, but then it doesn't ping near his mom's house until like eight or nine forty Yeah, so what do you do? And yeah, that's
1: almost three hours. So, David, remember, this is Haley's brother, okay, arrives back home at 4 p.m. on the day of the 27th. Okay. He reported beating on the door for well over five minutes, but no one letting him in. And he know like, Sean should be home by this time, okay? Mm. So, he's beating on the door. He actually had to crawl through a window to get inside. And to his surprise, the house is not empty. Sean is home. What? And he is actually standing in the hallway... <gasps> David said that he appeared to have the deer in headlights look.
0: Okay, I'd be freaked out.
1: Yeah. Wow. I mean, I would be
0: like, uh, first of all, dude, why didn't you answer the door? Hello. (laughs) Because I've been knocking for five minutes. But then second of all, if I tried to talk to you and you were just like staring. staring at me or like staring off, I would be like freaking out. Like, where's my phone? Let me
1: call 911. Yeah, because you're clearly in some type of like distress. Yes. You need help. (laughs) So, to send more chills down your spine, according to records, Roger Ostrand, who is Haley's uncle, was discussing Haley's disappearance with Sean. And Roger said, you know, just like in talking, like, I can't believe anybody would want to hurt like an innocent 13-year-old little girl. To which Sean replies, yeah, it's like killing a deer. And Sean was known to kill deer and then cut them up with a chainsaw. Oh my gosh. So it's not even like okay, maybe
0: that common comparison would make sense if somebody were like I'm completely against hunting. I could never imagine killing an innocent
1: like a little deer being. or like a, ba- a baby Right, lamb. and then
0: and then making a comparison like when somebody says, "Oh, I can't imagine killing someone innocent," right? Yeah. And then but to know that he's an avid hunter, who then cuts them up with chainsaws and say yeah it's like killing a deer makes me think that he like released her into like the most dangerous
1: game yeah
0: short story yeah. like released her into the woods to hunt, her. to hunt her
1: yeah so on december 28th when haley doesn't return home her mother reports her missing okay so there's been like a well over a day see i feel like though if they're in contact like her mom and her dad i mean i feel like she
0: should have known on the 27th right yeah she didn't go but I guess if she was supposed to go to a friend's house that might be if Sean is the one who told Billy that story which he is maybe that's why he added that detail because then it would explain why her dad didn't know where she was nor her mom know where she was
1: but I also feel like I mean I don't know maybe this was too early but like if this had been like you and your daughter you mm-hmm. probably would have texted her to say yeah. like hey do you make it to your friend's I house would. i would there would have still been some communication going on there so now this is close to new year's right we're at the 28th mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so most people are celebrating during this time so allison what do you think okay no what would you and rodney be doing if this if you were in this situation first of all i'd be making up missing
0: posters i would be out canvassing the streets talking to people i would be out looking for my child because i wouldn't i wouldn't even take out time to eat right i'd be so desperate to find her okay yes because you're a good mama do you want to know what billy and sean
1: were doing Mm, we mentioned alcohol earlier so i've got one guess So, while Clint, who is Haley's father, was using his binoculars to search the horizon in search of a single sign of his daughter, Mm -hmm. Billy and Sean were hosting a New Year's Eve party. It makes me feel like they're involved because I don't feel like... Like, it's just not... Like, you're not taking it serious. Like, what are you doing? Right. What are you doing with your life right now?
0: Because at this point, she'd already filed a missing persons report.
1: Right. And It's not like she just thought she was still at a friend's house. Right. And they actually, like, several articles that I read said Billy did not help in any of the searches for her child. She says that she was, like, handing out flyers and, like, doing that kind of thing. Um, Clint also did not go on, like, big searches, like, in the, like, fields or whatever. But he did, like, his own, like, was going through all the dumpsters in town. Like, just doing everything. But the mom, she just, like a lot of people said, was just kind of standoffish which like to play devil's advocate maybe that's her was her only way to cope you know like she didn't want to find her kid in the oh, field somewhere. I don't
0: I don't know because part of me is like you know if she if she was putting so much of herself into like partying instead of into her child beforehand it's almost I know this is bad to say but I'm gonna say it it's almost like she It was a relief when her child was gone to her because uh, she didn't show any of the anxiety that, to me, would be natural.
1: Yeah, and your child, you know, maybe and people people cope in different ways. So, like, I don't want, like, I don't want to say that this was a bad. Reaction. Maybe this is just how she needed to cope. Maybe. But um, according to the cold case article that I mentioned earlier, Billy claims that it was just a small family gathering to like show their support on New Year's Eve. Okay. And that she didn't even realize it was New Year's Eve. That she was like, you know, she'd had no idea what day it was because, like, all she's focused on is that her child is missing okay so like it could have just been friends and family
0: over but because they came over on what happened to be new year's eve then it was kind of it appeared to be more than what it was to be a new year's eve party right and we do know she uses alcohol to cope so maybe you're right like maybe there was drinking but maybe that was her way of
1: dealing 'Cause the dad, Clint, is like he has nothing to do with that theory. Oh. And in that same article when they asked um, him, does he feel Billy may have been more like have some type of involvement, he replied yes oh. because all of the actions that she made within the first week. She threw a New Year's Eve party four days after she went she, meaning Haley, was missing. They had beer and watched the ball drop on New Year's while I was standing on my back porch with binoculars, watching my house, waiting for Haley to come home. That's how I know they partied. I was watching them carry the beer in.
0: Oh, so, I mean, he could have... Facial expressions tell a lot. and uh, Yeah. You know, if I... If somebody tried to say, oh, no, I was using this to cope, it was just family... And he's using binoculars, then he would have seen who was there, and he would have seen if they were, like, laughing or lighthearted or whatever. Yeah. Are you partying or are you grieving? Right. Because there's a the difference. Right.
1: On January 5th, both Billy and Sean are asked to take polygraph tests, right? Because Billy, Sean, and Clint okay. talk to her every day. So right. So, that's who the police are going to go to automatically. Right. Automate. Exactly. Makes sense. Billy, of course, goes willingly. Okay. But she says that she was shocked when she got her results. Billy would actually go on to take more than one polygraph test. Sean would take three. Oh. And according to, and this comes from that cold case article, a police affidavit, um, she was under the influence of narcotics when she took her first test. Yes. Wow. So days later, they bring her back in again, and the outcome this time is a shocker. So, neither Billy nor the police will say exactly which questions she showed deception on, but that there were questions that her answers were not what they should have been. And it made police dig a little bit deeper.
0: Wow. Well, now I'm starting to believe the dad Clint a little bit more in saying that it was really a party.
1: Yes. Hmm. So, according to, and this is like... You'll get. You'll see. Okay. So, according to an affidavit, um, a search warrant uncovers some like disturbing literature in their house. Police found that Billy and Shawn had collected pages and pages and pages of articles printed from online content that profiled serial killers. So, I mean, okay, that's a little if you're weird. you home, yeah, but if you'll you... find it right because we do a podcast. Right. On we are not weird. Right, we're normal people. Right. And if you but if you came to my house and looked at my Netflix account, it's Over all my internet cooking shows, Yeah. It's all cooking shows <laughs> yeah. or serial killers. It's, like yeah, recipes or murder. Yeah, that's basically what
0: it is. But if you're the average person, okay, that's a bit odd. Pages yeah. and pages and pages.
1: So they say that most of the content surrounded George Banks, which i thought was sad because that's the dad for mary poppins and i love mary poppins who was convicted of 13 murders including five of his own children
0: so now you're like "Mm, this is weird because
1: their child is now gone and Mm. people think that is people say that so again this comes from the cbs news anchor tatum Gwynn. it's a quote that says when billy told police oh that's just a hobby for us uh, you know, we enjoy studying those things. But that most people were like, no, the coincidence is like, it's just too too coincidental. And that's a weird choice of words to me.
0: Not we enjoy reading about those things. We yeah. enjoy studying those yeah. things. That's almost like. It's different. There's you're difference. trying to learn it yourself. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, Sean, like I said, ends up taking three polygraph tests because he failed Two, obviously. Oh, my
0: gosh. Okay.
1: And the third, he starts to divulge more information. So, on that third try, investigators say that they picked up deception in the lie detector test. Um, but, the test indicates that Sean was actually telling the truth on two big questions. They ask him pointedly, where can we find Haley? And he says, somewhere in Scurry County.
0: And that... And that- said that that was the truth yes and that
1: he was telling the truth and is this, this is i wonder
0: if this is a wooded area
1: well you'll see okay okay because this is again according to the tatum Gwynn article okay they asked him where or who should we be looking at in this and he said you should be looking at us meaning sean and <gasps> billy and on that statement it was the truth
0: oh my gosh so you should be looking at us
1: yeah you should be looking why would at you admit that
0: I don't know. Okay, first of all, I mean, okay, this is making it sound like I'm for the people who are trying to hide a crime. I am not. I'm just saying that is not an intelligent move. It's just kind of like the the cell phone pinging. Yeah. I wasn't there,
1: except you're using your cell phone and it's pinging. And we can tell that you're lying. And so the county that he mentioned, Scurry County, is just about 20 miles north of where Haley was last seen. And that is, you know, per the cold case article. Mm Mm-hmm. So, So enough time in that in-between time. Because 20 miles is not that far. No. So, this little bit of information, I think, is more disturbing than finding literature about serial killers in a home. Okay. On February 24th, the authorities announced that they found nearly 109,000 images of child pornography, bestiality, and sexual acts. And those were discovered on... um, several electronic devices at Billy's home and at Sean's mother's house in Big Spring.
0: So it's Sean looking it up because it's at Billy's house and at his mom's house. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like this just makes me even more sad because now I'm even more concerned about what she potentially had to suffer before death.
1: Yes. And well, we'll come there. We'll get there. Oh, So, we're fast-forwarding now all the way to March 27th, 2011. And Haley's mother, Billy, is arrested on the 27th in Colorado City because police found out she lied to them about the whereabouts of Sean when they came for a search warrant, which, again, is a small lie. But it's still a lie. Significant. Yes. So, they come knocking on the door, and she's like, I don't know where he is, but then he's in the home. And so they arrest her. Wow. So then we have nothing. We really have no news, no glimmer of hope, um, until human remains were found in March of 2013. Mm. A hiker stumbled upon a skull and a femur at Lake J.B. Thomas, a remote area about 20 miles north of Haley's home in Scurry County. Just like he said. Yes. So just like Sean said in his lie detector test. Wow, and it's in a remote area. Again, makes me go back to the deer hunting, which is why, oh my gosh. Yes, so law enforcement soon announced that the remains were those of Haley. And they were able to find several of her bones scattered around the area and they were able to prove that it was Haley because they found one single tooth and Mm. they were able to use the DNA from the root in the Mm -hmm. tooth. So, according, again, to that cold case article, Billy says, quote, I really can't remember other than hollering, no, no, no. As I was sitting on the floor in the bathroom at one point screaming no and crying, I couldn't stop crying. See, instead of feeling empathy for her, I
0: feel anger. Mm -hmm. Because Sean said, you should be looking at us.
1: And, like, maybe she's not, like, she didn't directly kill her kid or hurt her kid, but does she know,
0: like, Right, because otherwise he would have said, you
1: should be looking at me. Right. He wouldn't have said, you should be looking at us. Right, so is she hiding? And she's protecting him, and if she knows what he did, and she's protecting him? Instead of her kid? Mm. Yeah. Her Haley's dad, Clint, would say, quote, my brother called me and said that Haley's body had been found. I was relieved in a way that she wasn't suffering. I had hope that this was what they needed to convict somebody. End quote. Right. And I feel like that's a yeah. good... That's, that was Valid response. Yes. So, Sean has left the state. He would left shortly after being named a person of interest. Common action. Yes. Which, I mean, can you really blame him? Because, like you said just a second ago, I'm not saying... Like, I'm not in favor of whoever hurt right. Haley. But, like, if Sean did not do the murder... Okay. Right. You have several people, hundreds... Everyone believes that you did. That you did. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that makes sense that you leave. And he's being judged because of the other things in his home. Right. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. If you did do the murder, if you did kill Haley, Mm -hmm. then I think it would also make sense to leave because you are then out of that vicinity, out of the public eye.
0: Where you're well known. Yes,
1: where Mm -hmm. you're well known. Mm -hmm. Um, So, since then... Sean has actually been connected to be living in New Mexico because Haley's dad hired a private investigator, um, and they found him, they believe in New Mexico, they are having a hard time actually, like, locating where he at, where he is. People that are associated with him aren't really, like, cooperating with the private investigator. Oh, so it's like everybody in his life is, like, protecting, protecting him. Protecting him. Yeah. Um... But they do feel like they are close to finding where he is and having enough evidence for an arrest. But at this time, it's just hoping for closure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. For some reason, Haley's remains have never been given to her family. Her mother and father spend every single day wondering how their baby died because they haven't been told that either. Billy had this to say in the cold case article, quote, I want a place to visit and remember my daughter, and I want to know her remains aren't sitting on a shelf in a lab. It's very important to get her back. It's very important. I just try to make sure that I tell her every day, I love you, and I'm thinking of you today. I'm a mom of a murdered child, and nobody's been held responsible. And I can't die not knowing somebody's been held accountable. God will hold that person accountable, but I want to see it. And I vowed to my daughter that I won't stop. I'm going to find your killer. It's my job to take care of that now. Haley has no worries. Be in heaven and sing with the angels. It's my job to get this done. I'm the mom. I'm your voice. End quote. Haley's family is shattered. While they believe their answers sit on shelves in a lab in their county's forensic unit. I can't begin to imagine what it's like not knowing why your child died or how they died. I picture the faces in my classroom and I can't imagine a single face not being there each day. Haley's family has to live with the fact that every day they will never see her smile again or hear her laugh. Her family deserves better. They have a Facebook page that overflows with love for Haley and wishes for justice. As the new year rolls in, I pray this is the year they can finally know what happened and they can bury their daughter to get some form of peace. I pray this is the year Haley's killer is brought to justice. If you have any information about this case, contact Texas Rangers at 512-424-2160 or the FBI's Texas office at 972-559-5000. Again, please like and join our Facebook page, Coffee and Cases Podcast, to continue the conversation and see images related to this episode. As always, follow us on Twitter at Cases Coffee, on Instagram at Coffee Cases Podcast, or you can always email us suggestions to podcast at gmail.com. Please tell your friends about our podcast so more people can be reached to possibly help bring some closure to these families. Don't forget to rate our show and leave us a comment as well. We hope to hear from you soon.
0: Stay together.
1: Stay safe. We'll see see you next week. week.